Ahoy, ahoy. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Don't be crumble. Wait, what show are we doing again? Um... <laughs> I need to trim my moustache. Um, so do I. Yeah. Oh, this, this is podcast gold. We should put this in. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Gary Show. I'm Mike. He's Paul. <laughs> We're starting already. Um, yeah, so I just took a big sip from my coffee cup, and then I coughed, and I've coughed coffee all over my laptop. So Ooh, I just swiped on the mouse pad, and I brought up some weird stock exchange thing. And I'm like, mm, I don't even... Okay. Do the stock market. I don't know. Anyway, I'll try having another drink of coffee. Yeah, um, my moustache is um, very long. I I have my little pair of scissors, and I, I lost them for a while somewhere, and my nails got really long, and it was very annoying, and um, my moustache is completely out of control. And yeah. It's, wow. um, eggs are my enemy when I eat eggs. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. particularly, yes. Mm. It's kind of anyway. like, you know, you lick your, your, your top lip at one point, and then you go, oh, that's right, I had that thing to eat earlier. It's like, mm. yeah, it's all caught there. Flavour saver. <laughs> right. That's our show, <laughs> folks. <laughs> uh, so what have you been doing? Uh, well, I've, I've woken up to, I know, I know you're going to give me shit the minute I say this, it's a cold day here in Brisbane, so, exactly. um, and it's overcast, and, um, yeah, I'm not going to say how cold, because you'll just disparage me and laugh, and, um, yeah, it'll hurt my feelings. No, I, I won't laugh at you, but I've woken up and it's a fairly warm morning. Oh, how, how warm, uh, alright, how warm is it? It's nine degrees, it's That's not warm. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's still very cold. Mm. Yeah, now, our house is in disarray. We've um, run out of water. What? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, um, my farm is not on the uh, water mains of the town at all, so mm-hmm. all our water comes from uh, a combination of uh, tanks and things like that. It trickles down to the house, etc., mm-hmm. and... Um, I've got this solar pump, which I had put in a couple of years ago, um, which is in a spring, and that pumps water up to the top of the um, the hill where the tank is, and the tank fills up, and then we have water in the house. But something's wrong with the solar pump, and it's not oh. pumping at all. And uh, I called the guy, and said, it's not working. And he said, oh, is the uh, the sensor plate in the water? And I went down and checked. Yeah, it's sensor plates in the water. Mm-hmm. He said, you're going to be right for the weekend? you got enough water for the weekend? I said, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we ran out last night. Oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. Yes. 
So he's going to come on Monday, but Monday is meant to be rainy, which means even if uh, he fixes it, there'll be no pumping because the solar is not operating in the... Mm. So, so, and the rain will, you know, at best, you know, if it's really, really raining, we might get a couple of inches in the tank and that's about it. And that will might get us a trickle to the house. So I might have to go over and borrow a uh, petrol pump from him today and hook it up to one of the various tanks around the property because we've got sheds and things with yeah. tanks attached that collect water. Yeah, so that's a fun day. But the, the pain, the real pain thing is I have um, like 300 metres worth of pipe across the, the fields in some part. Yeah. And if I bring the petrol petrol pump over, I've got to reroute that pipe to the wherever I put the petrol pump, which means... Um, Dragging a heavy pipe across the property, oh, <laughs> which is fantastic fun. Yeah, wow. How's your house? <laughs> oh, it's so cold here. Um, no, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> our house is is okay. We um, we do not have the same issues as as you because yes, we're in a fairly standard suburban area, so we we have water. Um, yeah, we're wow. Okay, it's. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing to complain about in terms of my house. Really. <laughs> so well, the good yeah. thing is it's um, winterish. It's, I mean, it's cold, as mm. you n- noted already, which means <laughs> I'm very, I'm very unlikely to bump into any snakes walking around my fields. Oh, good, stuff. good. Yeah, I hate snakes, reptiles, yeah. snakes. Not a fan of them. No, sir. Nuh-uh. I've come to have. Um, sort of understanding and respect with them because you know when i do see snakes they tend to just do very predictable things mm. so yeah um which, you know like you see one and it is like oh shit a person i don't want to go anywhere near you yeah. um <laughs> you just keep out of its way you. yeah yeah so yeah stay away from them don't don't try and interact you know don't try and be a oh god um what was it don't try Crocodile and be a ste- Yeah, there we go. That you knew exactly who I was going to say. Don't try and be a croc hunter slash Steve Irwin and you know play with the damn animal. Just leave it be. God. Yeah. One of my worst encounters with the snake was um, I was heading down to the the waterhole where the the pump is. Mm. Um, this was before the, the pump was there originally, but um, and I bumped into a snake and I was like, oh shit! And I, I backed up and I went, you know all the way back and around the corner. And unfortunately, the snake also went, oh, shit, and went to exactly the same spot as me. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid snake. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I I blame my parents and Doctor Who for my hatred of reptiles. Um, Oh, okay. Doctor Who's usually the blame for spider fears. Yeah, no, no, no. For me, it was the, uh, the sea devils. Um, because when I was very young, my mother would, you know, pop me down in front of the TV while she prepared dinner, and she would always know when it was when dinner should be ready. Because very young Michael would scream at the, um, you know, how they would end an episode with a cliffhanger and the music would start, yes, and they would always, you know, the camera shot would be on the monster of the week of the storyline, and uh, yeah, there was some um, must have been a story involving the sea devils, you know, walking out. Of the water onto one of those gorgeous mm. British beaches, which are full of just rocks, um, <laughs> and just these giant man-sized reptilian things just freaked me the hell out, and I've never liked reptiles ever since. So uh, thanks, Mum. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Learning so much. <laughs> yeah. Off to a good start. Yeah. 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 
Anyway, we used to have um, six chickens on the farm, um, but um, they were in the habit of you'd let them out in the day and they'd sort of roam around, peck and eat whatever they wanted, and mm. you know, and at night they'd all go back to their their. I think it's a what do we call it? It's not a hutch; it's a coop, coop. I guess. But yeah. uh, it's basically a shed with a door and um, chicken wire mm-hmm. uh, walls and things. Anyway, so, so they would go back in there, but um, every now and again. Uh, unfortunately, I forget to lock them in at night, and oh, no. you, know, you know, and one out of five nights of those, a fox will come around and you, you lose chickens. And so this has been going on for a, f- a few years now. We're actually down to one chicken now, unfortunately. Wow! And you know, and it, when you have one, I thought, well, I better name name her. So um, we've called the the surviving chicken Doris because she's a bit like a pet now because there's no other chickens there to, to right. confuse her with. Okay. Mm. So, <laughs> Right, but I've been, been better at uh, locking her up because it's cold. So we've been running the firewood and uh, the fire, and the firewood is right near uh, Doris's uh, coop. So, hmm. okay, yeah. <laughs> but chickens—they don't seem to have much personality. I must admit, I can't imagine them being a great pet. No, no. no. Well, great, I mean, they don't want to be snack, Yeah, but not a great pet. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when I can tell when she hasn't got enough feed because she sort of starts following you around a bit. Um, so, you know, you'll come home, park the car, get out, and she'll be there. And you go, oh, hello, Doris. And you know, <laughs> then you go, yeah, sure enough, she needs something to eat. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So my son has, uh, I said, could you feed Doris yesterday? And he went and filled up the, the chicken feeder. Um, but I think he thinks we still have six chickens because he put in enough there for like two months. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or maybe he just didn't want to have to do it again too soon. And he was playing Possibly. ahead. He was like, I'll show you, Dad. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give Doris a lot to eat. Ha! Why don't have to do this for weeks? So, and then Doris mm. won't be bothering you either. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, well, I... St- probably should give you a health update on me if you like please please yes um i have had another biopsy so a mm-hmm. uh, prostate biopsy mm-hmm. uh, which is the process of that is um they knock you out and pull down your dax and shave your bum and i'm um, glad they knock you out first because otherwise <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh yeah they stick some sort of uh, camera up there and afterwards it feels like it was you know a in some sort of SLR. <laughs> yeah. What? And, well, your butt is really sore afterwards, and that's that's the key. Now, this is the second time I've had a biopsy, mm. and um, I have learnt from the biopsy process. And one of the things is when they shave your butt, mm-hmm. you know, you know what your face feels like a you know a week after you shave it. Oh no. I mean, yes, I do. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've taken to um, putting, you know, I think they're makeup wipes up there just to <laughs> cushion the stubble. Ow! Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that lasts for about two weeks. So that's pretty bad. And um, yeah, but I did learn from the first experience, and so you know, this time my my butt will not become sore and red and nasty, and mm-hmm. you know. I don't want baboon butt this year. No, <laughs> no, no one wants baboon butt if they can avoid it. No. no. 
Um, but the results came back pretty well. Like they, I presume my prostate, they just pick a spot and go, and see what they get out. <laughs> They've got the machine that goes, do they? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that came back and it had showed no signs of any prostate cancer. Now this, Excellent. this is not, this is not, um, you don't have prostate cancer. It just means it hasn't spread to other parts of your prostate. Mm. And so I think the, it is low grade and, uh, low, um, sized or small sized or whatever. Right. So it's still there, but it's not really spreading, uh, which is consistent with the advice I was told was that, uh, I hear with prostate cancer, a lot of people, um, can just live with it till they die of death, you know, rather than <laughs> prostate cancer. Um, I hate it when people die of death. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so, when that happens, at least we already know how to uh, prepare for your funeral with the lights and the smoke and the... Oh, thank the, you, yeah. You know, I, I was listening to that episode the other day, again, just because <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's still, still very good. Um, unfortunately, uh, as well as the butt pain, there is the wallet pain, because um, it was mm. elective surgery, so... Mm. Um, every time I go to the mailbox lately, it has been a terrifying experience because uh, a new bill will come in. So, you know, pathology and anaesthetists and everything. So, yeah, I believe I will get some back from my health fund. But mm-hmm. um, it's a bit like lottery, you know. Oh, if I pay this, will I get how much back and I have to live? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, it's it's great that you were able to have the necessary surgery, even though they go, oh, it's elective. Because, eh. um, mm. you know, we we now all know that you are doing well. And that yeah. is very good. So um, in Aussie terms, to put this in perspective, I will be out about two and a half grand at the end of it all when I paid it all. So it's it's not crippling, but it's, it's you know, you got to think about it. <laughs> mm. 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 Yeah. Yes, but there's a part two to my health update. Okay. Yeah, um, I've been very tired, and uh, I went to the doctor, and he said, look, maybe you should have a sleep study. Oh. Um, and I was like, well, this can lead to no no good. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have the sleep study, and um, yeah, uh, the study came back. So the, basically, they originally, when you do a sleep study, you go to a, a lab, and they put you in a room, and you you try and sleep in there, and they monitor you all night, and you know, which... Sounds like an absolute disaster because I don't sleep very well in these strange places. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that can't be easy to begin with at all. Yeah, so instead now they give you basically a um, a Cyberman kit that you put on your chest and then you connect it all over your body. And I had to, you know, shave little patches on my chest and I had to shave two patches in my beard so I could put electrodes on my chin. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting shaved all over the place. Oh, I'm sh- I'm sh- <laughs> I am the shaved monkey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I did the sleep study and, you know, I so I picked it up from the, the place, you know, slept that night. They monitored everything, so I had, like, tubes up my nose and, you know, electrodes all over my bod. And then I went, uh, I returned it, then a week later go back and then they tell me the results. And the results were, you are almost dying every night. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, so sleep apnea is on a scale of like 1 to 50. Um, now, normal is around the range 1 to 5. That's what most people do. Um, I was 47.3. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which um, sort of explains why I'm tired every day. Yeah. <laughs> 
So oh they my were gosh. Like, so they were like immediately, you know, you see the doctor for you know ten minutes. He tells you the results, and then he's like, "Okay, go into this room now. You're going to see the the sleep a sleep apnea technician." And they were like, "Okay, you need a, a CPAP machine," which um, I can't remember what that stands for, but basically, it, you know, you wear it at night and helps you breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yes, it's like, do you want to be Bane or Darth Vader? Um, <laughs> you have my permission to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've been using a sleep pap, uh, CPAP machine for two weeks now. So um, the first week I had, I thought, okay, I'll go for the minimal uh, face intrusion stuff. So I, I'll just try the nose mask thing. So it just has little plugs that go up your nose and it comes mm-hmm. across the back of your head and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought, that'll be fine. And um, it was working because the results came back and said, yes, you're getting more sleep and it's better sleep. And the first night I used it, it um, I got to like four in the morning and then I couldn't use it anymore because my mouth was so dry. Oh. Uh, but that day I felt amazing. Like, a, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, you know, mow the entire property. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, since then I've switched, the, I went back after a week and switched to another uh, full mask and that is awesome. So it actually works and I, I'm sleeping much better. So, and, um, Wow. Not nearly dying. So basically, my airways were closing up mm-hmm. and, um, for you know periods of time, which were depriving me of oxygen. So you know, I was going to bed and you know sleeping nine hours and getting like four and a half hours sleep at night. So. Jeez. Or feeling like that anyway. So yeah, it's it's been good. But now I have to buy one of those as well. So because I've been renting one. So okay. Yeah. So I have basically discovered yeah i need this and it's normal um and good and so (laughs) we're looking at probably another two grand wow yeah okay i'll probably try and find some payment option for one of these jeez yeah how are you (laughs) (laughs) um well um i'm i'm Doing okay, I, I guess. Uh, Operation Wedding 2020 is rolling ahead full steam. We spent a good part of yesterday, being yesterday being Saturday, um, driving around and taking care of things. So we uh, met up with the because of this pandemic era that we're living in. These unprecedented times, as the media likes to say. Remember precedented times, Paul? I do, yes. How good were they? <laughs> Predictable times. Yeah, yeah, safe times. Yeah, normal times. Um, so we were going to have our reception uh, at at one very, very nice hotel, uh, sort of just in the middle of the city here in Brisbane, uh, sort of uh, just on the... Uh, in an area called Spring Hill, which is sort of like right next to the the central business business district, uh, but because it's kind of a smaller hotel, they are actually going to shut that hotel down because they can't it, because of social distancing, um, and there won't be enough room for the sixty people that we have invited oh. to all congregate in there safely, according to the current government rules. So. Yeah. They've said, sorry, you can't have this location on this date, but they do have a second hotel another maybe uh, less than 10 minutes away, 
in an area called Fortitude Valley, uh, which is great. It's uh, the same uh, group. Um, it's actually a nicer location. Uh, well, the the ho- it's it's they're still both very cool. This one's a bit larger, so they can you know spread things out. Um, so okay. they they have their weekly sort of team meeting and update about all of this pandemic stuff. And uh, we met with um, the event manager and and one of the general managers of of that location. Uh, and they, we discussed a few ideas, but they're going to wait and see what happens Wednesday when they get their weekly update from the government as to what hotels can do. Uh, and then we will go forth and we're, we're sticking with that one in the valley. And then we'll go forth and figure out exactly what we can do and how we can do it there. So, uh, that's, that was an interesting conversation. So we did that. We met up with, um, one of the reverends from our church to sign all the intention to wed paperwork, um, mm-hmm. which was interesting because I had to provide, <laughs> uh, I had to provide the paperwork from my divorce from my first wedding. So it was interesting mm. digging that up and um, going, oh, that's 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 right. Um, so that was that was an interesting <laughs> experience digging through my <laughs> my paperwork to find that specific document, um, because yeah, it's. It's weird having something like that be, uh, feeling like something like that failed previously mm. in your life and getting a, a second chance. Um, so, yeah, that was fun digging that in. <laughs> and then, what was the other thing we had to do? Oh, and then Kylie finally um, found her wedding dress. Um, Ooh. Yes, she, she, she had... Was it in the cupboard? <laughs> No, no. Well, not this one. Uh, she had actually already bought a dress, but it wasn't very bridally. Is it a mm. word? It is now. Um, but it was very 1920s. Cause that's I think the word the, is... Bri- I think the word is bridalic. Bridalic, okay, right. It wasn't very brid- bridalic. <laughs> um, but it was, it was very 1920s. Because I I have been shown an image of of that dress that shorted, um, because that's the thing we're going for. It's it's the Roaring Twenties, except it's a hundred years later and things are still worse. Um, how can something <laughs> be still worse? Oh God, yeah. it's it's too early for talking, honestly, Paul. Uh, so uh, she went to a, a, a wedding store, wedding dress store here in Brisbane, uh, and was um, quite sorry. Uh, yeah, a, a dress, a jelly, dress. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making words up really badly. Sorry, I haven't even finished my first coffee yet. So yeah, she she found a dress and she was very happy with it. So that was three big boxes we ticked off on the to do list. Now we've just got a hundred other things to take care of. Oh so, dear. Um, yeah, if if I can give one word of advice to the kids, don't just. Don't plan a wedding during a pandemic. It adds another level of stress. <laughs> um, so, yeah, because we're, we're unsure, because the, the reception venue were like, look, you know, we can either keep the date or, you know, move it back um, because we both have family members who are quite elderly. We are sticking with the, the current wedding date. So we're like, let's let's just go ahead with it. Um and yeah, so it's all it's all happening slowly but surely. It's it's only a few months away now because it's literally hmm. the end of May as we record. Uh, so we have basically two and a half months now. So, Ooh. 
Um, yeah, it's and the we you know we we got engaged in January of 2019, and it's like where did that year go? What happened? What? Wait, no, what? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's kind of we're all um, we're getting on top of things, but there's a, a little bit of mad panic in the background. So. Um, yeah, so hopefully the hotel will come back and, and say, yes, it's fine, we can do this or we can do that. Um, and they're, they're being really helpful and, and um, they, they understand that these are not normal times. Uh, yeah. one, one of the event organisers um, is from Ireland and she's actually rescheduled her wedding three times. <laughs> Because so, uh, apparently she was she was telling us that Ireland went into a very strict lockdown uh, because their health services over there are not quite as large as those in Britain. So you know, to prepare themselves, they've just completely closed their borders. She was saying her mother uh, is in her sixties uh, and is her health isn't that great, and her brother lives about uh, an hour or so away, but he's not allowed to go and see her. Mm. It's it's like really strict over there, so um, mm. yeah. And the other event organizer, she's rescheduled her wedding twice now, and they're both kind of like, look, they they ended up picking their dates, and they were like, let's just get on with it. Mm. So, thanks coronavirus, thanks a bunch. Mm. I know other people out there and other families have had it a lot worse, and it's yeah, it's just weird times to be living in. So yeah, hmm, yeah. So yeah, it's um, that's that's the big thing that's been happening with with us yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I'm finding it very mixed messages around uh, the place as to what's meant to happen. So uh, I live in New South Wales, work in ACT or Canberra, the the capital, and um, yeah, our the uh, the group I work for have said if you have a desk, come back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas my wo- wife works for a similar organisation, and they have said, "No, don't. we're trying to keep the uh, the, the on-site staff to about thirty percent, so don't come back to work." Oh. Um, and my son's just had school, so he come back to school. Um, so it's all very mm. weird. And uh, yeah, I am finding it a little bit problematic is that I'm on going to Canberra time, so I'm you know wanting to go to bed around nine thirty and get up at six, and you know. And my wife is uh, on staying at home time. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to go to bed at eleven and get up at you know eight thirty. Oh. Mm. So yeah, that's not really working for me. <laughs> <laughs> we will sort it out. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope so. Yeah, we yeah. here in Queensland, um, our schools have all reopened fully. Uh, they did it in a phased restart. So our oldest boy, because he's in uh, his final year of high school, the senior years went back, um, I think, three weeks ago, and then they waited two weeks before everyone else went back, so they are both back at school now. Uh, My work is doing a very careful, rotating roster return to work thing. So I was back in the office two days last week, uh, and then Mm. we're working from home the other days. yeah, my, my workplace is, is being very careful to the point where they are limiting it to about um, 25% capacity for each floor. Um, there are hand sanitizers, you know, everywhere. Um, it's it's really weird 
getting on public transport to go back to a ghost town <laughs> and trying to get... I mean, it's great seeing my, my co-workers there when I see them uh, in, in, the, in person for a change as opposed to, you know, via a, a video conference call. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really odd. It's, it's good to sort of be getting back to some sort of normalcy, but it's still really odd. Mm. Yeah. Is there much open in the city? I mean, do you, are you running a market lunchtime because everything's there again? or um, Not really, because my building is sort of at the tail end of town, so it's like a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes walk to get to the, the central... Fun part of town. The, the fun part, yeah, the, like the central shopping area. Um, mm. But it, it appears that most things have reopened, but they have very very definite entry and exit points. Um, mm. They will have signs up saying we are only allowing X number of, of customers into the store at a time. Um, actually, yesterday uh, was a friend's uh, birthday and we went to uh, a gaming shop that had reopened to, to spend his birthday playing some board games. Uh, it was his birthday, that's what he wanted to do, that was fine. Uh, but that, that gaming store is only allowed to have about 10 people congregating in the store so there were six of us <laughs> so <laughs> a few other people were kind of politely asked to um go to the other end because they've just relocated to a much larger store space so we were we were well and truly socially distant from the few other people that were in the store so uh -huh. um yeah but no I, I have not been running a muck at lunchtime um there there's like a, a food court area in the the street level of my building and there's only one place that's reopened. And that's the other thing. Uh, we're not allowed to have food courts open. Uh, yeah. So there's like, normally, there's lots of seating everywhere. For There's, hang on, how many restaurants are there? There's, those, there's, there's four different restaurants in this area. One of them is open. All the seating has been closed off. So all the seats yeah. are stacked up and put away. They're, they're all roped off, chained off, um, with signs everywhere saying, yep, due to the current environment, you cannot congregate here. You basically get your meal from that one place, get out of there. So, yeah, it's um, it it's and and then sort of getting used to <laughs> being back in the office for a day, and then back at the home office the other day. It's like, oh shit, what day is it? Where am I meant to be? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun times, fun times we live in. Fun times, yeah. <sighs> So what are you doing at home for fun? That's a good question. Um, reading a couple of comics, slowly but surely. Painting miniatures for someone else, which I really... I've, I've slacked off on that. I'm doing a commission piece uh, for a guy that plays Warhammer 40k. He gave me a box of Necrons, which are robotic skeletons, basically, from outer space. Uh, and he was like, please paint these for me. I will pay you monies. And I was like cool uh and half of them are like 80 percent already finished so i've kind of got a working guide to go off but then he's like oh can you do this with these ones and that with these ones and then just the rest like how the the semi-finished ones look and i'm like oh okay that, that's cool so i really need to get them done uh i've done a little bit of animal crossing on the nintendo switch but not as much, because our youngest has become addicted to that game, and I can't get back to the island. 
with any ease. Um, speaking of Canberra, earlier I found out today that one of the animals you can potentially find uh, is a koala bear called Canberra. Oh, wow. Uh, apparently she's an ugly koala uh, yeah. and is not a very desired animal. <laughs> Fairly corrupt. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Uh, whereas you can also get kangaroos in Animal Crossing and friends that are playing are going nuts for these kangaroos. Oh, okay. And then another friend suggested, oh my god, Mike, you could have your island full of koalas and kangaroos. And I was like, yeah, that's too much work. I Mm. haven't logged on in days. Um, So, yeah, other than that, it's kind of been... Because I I find working from home, I'm doing much longer hours. Mm. Um, That sucks. Yeah, it does. It really does. I I did like a nine or ten hour day on, on working online from home last week and I was just like this is crazy this is this is not good so it's trying to find that balance still uh, but that that's pretty much been it it's uh, it's a lot of it's been just you know adapting to mixing work from home and then returning to the office and then you know trying to get oh, we've also been watching Ozark on Netflix have you watched that no, it's it's on my list. Mm. But I haven't haven't got to it. Uh, we finished Lock and Key, which was great. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, that was I, good. The family got into that, which was nice. Cause, that's nice because they didn't get. Cause into I wanted Doom to Patrol, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that uh, they didn't really get into Doom Patrol. So no, not so much. Mm. No. Uh, but Ozark, we we started season three, and I'm now at the point where I'm like. All these characters are awful people. <laughs> I, I don't know who I should be rooting for here. But for those that aren't aware, it, it's about uh, an accountant who gets involved with money laundering for a Mexican drug cartel. And they go out to the Lake of the Ozarks to try and uh, find potential new areas for profits. Um, and it all goes downhill from there. Uh, so it, it's, it's an interesting show. Jason Bateman's really good in it. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like... And I've missed a couple of episodes here or there, but Kylie has kept me caught up. Uh, so, yeah, that's, we watched a, f- a bit more of that last night. I'm just like, I, I don't know who I'm backing here. It's like they're all, all, in their own ways, they're all kind of awful people. So, yeah. what about you? What have you been doing for fun? Um, I am obsessing about my comic collection. So, um, the I, CLZ I, com- comic app. Oh, update. yes, yes. Yes, and I saw you yeah. bought this. Someone bought himself a new short box the other day. I see. No, I didn't. I you just, did it. <laughs> no, I basically I have the need of a short box, but only about thirty comics to put in it. And, oh, um, right. So I have been doing an exercise I call rebagging in doubles to get um, more room in boxes. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. That's so correct. Yeah, I only own twenty short boxes, and I I, I love the database. And it's <laughs> only twenty. Oh my god. What? <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I'm just looking up at my shelves. I have maybe half a dozen. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, I've always used the, the database to track where my boxes are, and I put lots of metadata on my um uh, short on my database for the mm-hmm. comics because you know I used to say, all right, if I'm going to talk about Underworld Unleashed, where are all my Underworld Unleashed? So I'd put an Underworld Unleashed, create an Underworld Unleashed tag mm-hmm. on the the comic and then label every comic that it had 
one of those crossovers to do with it, and then I could pull them all out when I had to talk about them for any sort of podcast, which I might or may not do theoretically. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but since then, they've come up with a crossover field. So, Ooh. you know, and a normal person would go, that's okay, I've got my tags, but I'm like, mm, I've got to get rid of my tags now because there's a crossover field there. And the other thing they they put on a storage box field, and it's like because I've Ooh, used okay. tags to track all my storage boxes, mm-hmm. um, to say which is what and what's this one called, etc. Um, and I so I went from having like eighty five tags, and I've started you know going through and removing the tags and populating the other fields. And the other thing is, um, <laughs> don't laugh at me. I used to like every time I would buy a trade, I would mark it with a, a the year I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I could go, oh, in 2005, I bought 74 trades, or I bought 21 <laughs> this year, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I also had a tag to say, this was my favorite trade of that year, or the hardcover of that year. Right. Um, yeah. But they've got this purchase by uh, purchase date one. Um, ah. So now I can use that to track the year instead of this other <laughs> metadata. So I've gone from having, like, 75 metadata fields, and when I'm finished, I'll have, like, 12 and it'll be so much neater, and I'll be using all their other fields for the right reason. Um, yeah, but because of that, I have also been doing a process where I'm trying to make my short boxes make thematic sense more than they do. So you know, oh, okay. so you know, you'll be going, okay, all my most of my Legion comics are in this box, but the Underworld Unleashed issues of Legion are in this event box. So why don't I move them into that box if there's room? And then you go, is there room? And then you go, okay, well. All these, you know, 50 comics are just single bag. So if I double bag them, I've got room for two more comics, um, etc. So yeah, it's a it's a super anal uh, <laughs> trip that I'm going on at this point. Mm, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. that's that's your joy if that's if you're enjoying. Oh, it, it is. It's, it's, it seems like far too much work for me, but. Yeah, it's like you know. Some people do bonsai. This is, I think, what I do to, okay. to feel achievement and relax. The other thing is that there's um, one comic I can't find. I don't know where it is. Oh, um, and I really, really want to find it. Um, uh-huh. And I'm beginning to suspect it's not in any of my boxes. And I'm wondering where it is. <laughs> but that's the um, New Teen Titans. I think it's like a issue 44. It's the first one where uh, Robin becomes Nightwing. And so it's a key issue, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that for ages. I don't know where it is, and it's driving me nuts. And, and you I will definitely have, no, have it. I definitely have it, and I will have no rest until I find it. And it's literally got to be in this room where I am now, somewhere, and wow. I don't know where. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe someone's hidden it down low. So they're making you get down and crawl on the floor to look for it because they're being cruel and unusual. So. Oh, dear. Lower. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I should possibly do something similar, but to me it's... I, I'm, I, don't get me wrong, I love that app, but me it's more like, okay, I'll just scan the barcode or you know add it in manually just so I know what I've got next time I'm anywhere near dollar boxes or you know uh, uh, yes. a, a store with with a back issue area so i can just make sure i'm not double purchasing something again oh, no, I've, I've gone past that point i mean i've had everything cataloged for a few years now and now it's a case of just perfecting the catalog so um, <laughs> it it literally nourishes my soul to do this it wow. just, it just okay. feels amazing when you go 
ah, this box is all these comics and it all makes sense and it's, you know, it's all Aquaman and Hawkman for some reason, but, you know. It's, ah. that, that makes sense, yeah, Aquaman and Hawkman. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, no, that, that, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you are following your bliss. <laughs> yes. No, I am. I, I genuinely am happy that you, you have your, your form of bonsai. <laughs> Uh, mm. I, I think for me, mine is, is probably painting miniatures because I just get to chill out and you know focus on that and concentrate and put some music on and yeah, it's just it's nice that we each have our chill out things. Do um, you ever have the the stress of you know there's forever something else to do or is that is oh there's that always a, something else a, to do a comfort. <laughs> I mean, with your, your miniatures, there's always another miniature to paint, you know. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because, I, I mean, I have a friend who, um, you know, collects miniatures and stuff, and he, I think he worked out he has enough miniatures to paint till he's 170. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in in the miniatures community, um, that's sometimes referred to as a pile of shame. Um, or, amongst my immediate gaming friends, we call that our ziggurat, uh, because it just keeps climbing higher and higher <laughs> towards the sky. Well, the mine's not as not as bad. Uh, but yes, I have other things that I need to get back to and, and finish for certain armies. Uh, and sometimes you'll get a reminder, thanks to Facebook memories, um, as to how long you've been working on something or how long it's been <laughs> in your pile of shame. Because I, I have one particular thing where... Because I have an orc army and it's all kind of... Based around, it's called a Speed Freaks theme uh, because they're all on either motorbikes or you know some sort of vehicle, uh, so they mm. can all race around, sort of you know orcs meet Mad Max sort of thing. And and some miniatures I got a while ago are, is actually like an orc rock band. So I thought, cool, I'm going to make them you know have like a, a a mobile road show. So I did some customization on one truck and you know made like a stage on the back, and I've got a drummer already set up there. And apparently. <laughs> I started working on that, I think Facebook memory said three or four years ago. <laughs> I'm like, no, that, that cannot be right. Um, mm. And they're still sitting here in the, in the pile of shame. So, yes, I have more than enough. I've, I mean, I've got stuff still in boxes that I've, I've opened and looked at and then put back. I thought, right, I'll get started on those next week. And I've had that box for maybe six months, yeah. so maybe longer for some of them. So, um, yeah. Do you do the thing where the new purchase is the exciting one that you want to paint and it jumps the queue? No, not really. For me, it's more like I really should get these things finished so I can add them to the already existing army, which was the plan originally. So, okay. Yeah, it's... I mean, they're, they're, Fairly disciplined. Well, I try to be. I, I have friends that have stuff that's been sitting there for far longer. Mm. Um, and so it, there's this weird competition to try and spur each other on and yet also outdo each other in terms of getting stuff finished. It's really weird. <laughs> it's like, you know, one of us will say, hey, these new miniatures look really cool. It's like, no, don't you buy them. Go and finish your other stuff. And also, look <laughs> what I'm working on. So it's it's this really weird <laughs> miniatures <laughs> mentality. <laughs> so, you need a miniatures support group. Well, I think that's what we kind of are in some way, and we're also <laughs> our own. Mike and I like to paint miniatures. <laughs> I've I've only got you know. Hi, Mike. <laughs> I've only got I've got less than a hundred things left to build and paint, and so yeah, it it would be nice to focus on something and get it done, but it's just you know, 
sometimes you've got to be an adult and and get other stuff taken care of first. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, we haven't discussed music at all yet this episode. No, we haven't. No, you uh, mm. you've been listening to any music or you know, found any new um, stuff or. Not really. I mean, mostly, uh, I very rarely have new music, so uh, every now and again I'll buy an old song that I like and, you know, want to hear. Um, but, no, mostly I've been getting back into listening to podcasts now and commuting again. Oh. And, um, I've had such a backlog, and I feel really bad because, you know, some of my friends do podcasts I very much enjoy, and I've not listened to them for, uh, you know, a month or more. Mm. Um, so I just got through Star Wars Minute, so I've finished... Mm-hmm the Rogue One Star Wars Minute podcast, which was a tremendous backlog, and boy, those guys sound tired and weary doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't think it's as fresh as it used to be, that podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but a bit of JLMA, I've been getting into JLMA offerings, Mm -hmm. and uh, probably listened to uh, 70% of those now. So it's, it feels weird not participating in JLMA. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I very little music has um, passed through my ears lately. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm pretty much the same. Um, I haven't really listened to, to anything of, of much lately, um, or come across any new bands. It's it's been a weird, kind of busy time. So yeah, I guess I'll be <laughs> doing music this episode. <laughs> Well, I'll I'll give you a song to play. Okay. Um, Yeah, just one of my favourites. So, um, and uh, here it is. Stay forever who you are. Don't change a thing because you're perfect. You sway. Gently in the breeze In between my dreams It kind of makes me nervous Your storm Is lightning striking down Don't distract me once Would still be worth it I really like that song. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right, I'll stick with the Australian theme, uh, and I'll... uh, Let's go with some Hoodoo Gurus. Oh, which one? Uh, I I quite like that Come Anytime.
together. I can relate to waking up tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I hear that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I must admit, actually, uh, yeah, when we were doing all our driving around yesterday, I put on some Hootie Gurus for a bit uh, on Spotify. So, yeah, it was nice to hear some. Actually, yeah, I uh, hadn't heard any of their stuff in a while. So there we go. A bit of a Ozrock coming at you. <laughs> yeah, my wife criticizes my obsession with Ozrock, so sometimes. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, you like, play it too loud or? Too often. <laughs> <laughs> Driving around town with an ice cold can of Coke? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, she. Uh, our taste has a lot of intersection, but when it um, comes to, like, the angels and stuff like that uh-huh. are not in- intersecting at all. So. Right. Okay. I, yeah. I didn't realise your wife was a big Angels fan. So uh... No, I'm the Angels fan. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole thing. Everything that I listened to in the 80s was better than anything else since. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same with stuff from the 90s. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I find the 90s a bit mystifying. I do, you know, there was... When I think of the 90s, I just think of Wham! And I can't get past that. And what? So it, there was not... nothing in the 90s except Wham. Well, Wham even around in the 90s? No, that can't be right. You, you, no, you're wrong, mister. <laughs> it was Dr. Alvin and <laughs> Think Hallelujah and things like that. The 90s were a very diverse musical decade. So, yeah. Pass me by. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Wham were active from about 81 to 86. So, um, oh, hang on, they they did a reunion in 91, so I'll allow that. But no, no. By then it was, yeah, it was, you know, sort of techno stuff was, you know, becoming mainstream, and then there was grunge, and then there was crossover stuff, and then, yeah, it was, it was a wild and crazy time for music mm. in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, Pass me by a bit. Maybe I was just watching Tremors over and over. That would not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question. What is the fascination with Tremors? I've seen it once in my life, and I've never felt the need to track it down and see it again. And you've seen it all, and you're obsessed with it. And and it's it's really fun. It's just a really fun film. And uh, over the you know how some films. They date like there's something in them that you just go, ooh, ooh, that you know, that's a, you know, bit of homophobia or misogyny or something mm. like that 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 doesn't track well long term. Um, Tremors actually ages really well. Um, it's you know an absolute delight. I love the characters in it. I love the situation, and it's it's just a very you know clever film, and it's made by people who love this genre, and they've really tapped into it so but partly it was um i thought okay this is the film i want to talk about with um rob kelly on fire and water on film and water podcast Mm. um and then i was just like he he was he wasn't sort of super keen to do it so i basically (laughs) would every time i thought he might be watching online i would mention tremors oh i just thought you were doing that for all of us (laughs) well no it started off for him and now it's for me so right right (laughs) yeah but uh yeah i i yeah, it's a great film. I think it's terrific. Um, and every time I watch it, and literally every time I watch it, it makes me laugh, and it gives me a thrill. So, okay. <laughs> it's um, very funny. Hmm. Yes. So. 
Okay. But I mean, it's 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 my it's my problem, not not yours. So you know, <laughs> change your life. So so, how many films did they do in the Tremors franchise? Uh, six at the moment, and the seventh one is coming out this Halloween, I believe. Wow. Okay. I did not expect that. Um, <laughs> that <seems laughs> like, so so of the six, do, do you have a, a an all time favorite? I think the first one is the best, uh, but the first uh, three are a really great trilogy. Like they're probably the best trilogy that exists in cinema, I would say. Wow, um, <laughs> they're you know they build on each other. They uh-huh. don't, um, yeah, they don't do anything really stupid, and it's it's fun. It's yeah. Some people love you know Star Wars and Jurassic Park. I, I like Tremors. It's it's okay. my, the the later films are less charming. Um, you know as the digital effects become more available the the film loses some of its um right. you know humor and charm mm-hmm. and so they're a bit more schlocky and a bit you know more pedestrian but right. um, maybe the seventh one will be good but michael gross is the the only actor who has continued through all seven and i think he, he must be <laughs> so old now because he keeps saying it's my last one and then he's like oh no it's not I'm once back. more <laughs> <laughs> Once more, Papa Gross got bills to pay. <laughs> yeah, there's lots more scenes of him shooting from a, a vehicle instead of walking around. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's but, great uh, that he's still working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have any sort of filmic obsession like that? Can't say. Uh, I I own, other than the last couple of of the recent films, I own pretty much everything. Of Star Trek, um, in, including the animated series. Um, I never knew you were a massive Trekkie. So I'm you, a huge Trekkie. Uh, I you, just hide you it well. T- <laughs> you TOS and um, yeah, I've I've got everything. Um, I, I think it started with with uh, my dad being a fan of the original series, uh, and then I got into the Next Generation when I was a kid, and it just went on from there. So I, I love all the Treks. Um, mm. I will gladly sit down and watch any Trek any time it's on. Um, I, I love it all. I, I think my favourite series of all time is probably Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, that's the best. That's easily the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's. A, I'm not. I'm not actually being sarcastic. I did watch all of Deep Space Nine with my wife, and we, you know, really enjoyed that show. And yeah. it was compelling and interesting. So. Yeah, I think. Um, not, not. Uh, I, th- I think my least favorite one is probably Voyager, possibly because I think it went on too long, uh, and I think if if that crew was as good as they were made out to be, they would have made it home a lot sooner. And I, th- if they were really, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I would have seen Voyager ending up in a different way, and that ship becoming more modified, and the crew becoming more diverse and different as they travel through the Delta Quadrant. But anyway, blah, that's that's beside the point. It's done now. Move on, Michael. I, I always think of Voyager as... It was the one I tapped out of, and I never came to Enterprise because of that. Um, mm. But Voyager, uh, to me, it's characterised by the fact that someone would say, this is what's going to happen, and Jane Away would say, I refuse to accept that, and that would be the plot of every single episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've actually been to a couple of the big Star Trek conventions in Las Vegas. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, one year, I actually uh, put together a costume, uh, which was like 
fairly unique, uh, but completely unrecognised from the majority <laughs> of attendees there. Uh, there was an en- episode of Enterprise called Cold Station 13, where they had the the embryos being kept of like the genetically superior humans, and all of the the young adults sort of went there to that, that were you know super beings sort of thing went and attacked the station and the Enterprise had to step in. Um, and so I thought, hey, there's a really cool, simple Star Trek-related idea. So I went online and found, like, a, a lab coat and then an iron-on shoulder patch, which was for Cold Station 13. And oh. I was like, okay, cool. And I, I made my own sort of, like, security card for Cold Station 13 and, you know, wore... Because they kind of had, you know, very simple clothes. So I just wore, like, a you know, um, office wear and a tie that was sort of reflective silvery and so it kind of looked space age but fit into the episode and if very few people got it <laughs> so yeah. i did get a photo with people that were in um like uh outfits as if uh, of enterprise crew members so that that was cool that they recognized it i actually got to meet uh one of the actors uh from the show the guy that played mayweather um whose name escapes me at the moment and he kind of looked at me and he goes that looks familiar, but I'm not sure what it's from. I'm like, dude, it's from your own series. <laughs> I was like, you were in the episode. <laughs> so, and he kind of looked at me like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, good, good work. So, um, yeah, it was it, it was interesting to go to those. Um, uh, I, I got a bunch of, I got to meet, like, um, John Delancey, who played Q, and got him to autograph a, a photo, and... Uh, I met Brent Spiner, who <laughs> I went to get his autograph. He wasn't happy. I I, I picked out one. Uh, you, you know how um, guests at these convention things sometimes have like a stack of publicity stills, and yeah, you can choose they one. Sell, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, you you buy it, and they. He wasn't. He didn't like <laughs> the one that I had chosen, and not because just because I had chosen. He just didn't like that photo at all. And he, he was just like, yeah, no, I, I don't like this. Um, and he grabbed one from a different pile and signed that instead. And I was like, but no, I'd like that other picture. He just didn't like the picture. And he told me all about it. So that was interesting. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I went to these with my, my ex-wife. Um, and she she was a bit of a Trekkie as well. You know, I, I think she got into it more when we were together. Um, and so one year she decided she was going to go as, as like... Um, one of Kirk's potential girlfriends. So she did her hair in a weird kind of way and wore this kind of far out 60s looking kind of alien princess caftan type thing. So she kind of got into it as well. And one of the funniest things that happened is that they had the majority of the Next Generation crew there one year. And so I... I, purchased a, a photo of, of, of the bridge crew and was, you know, lined up and you kind of just moved along and said hello and uh, got them to sign, I got them to sign near where they they were standing in the, in the photo. Um, so I got to, you know, have a nice chat with Marina Sirtis, who played Deanna Troy, and she she was like, oh, are you Australian? And she was telling me how she's got friends in Perth. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't think I'll know who they are. Um, but then we got up to... Um, and I was sort of in the queue moving along, and, and my ex, she went round sort of behind this area and said, I'll meet you, meet up with you at the end. Um, and, oh God, what's the name of the guy that plays Riker? Um, 
Jonathan Franks. Jonathan Franks. He was he was right near the end, and so my ex is sort of hovering near the end of the table, and then I get up to Franks at the end, and um, so she comes up and stands beside me, <laughs> and in like perfect Riker fashion, he just sort of looks up at her and gives her this sly grin, and he says, "Hey, how are you doing?" <laughs> I was like, no, just no, don't, please don't. <laughs> and like, he completely ignored me. He was just like, oh yeah, thanks. You know, here's my signature. But he was like very interested in my ex. <laughs> just like, wow, that was that was weird. So yes, um, yeah, big big Trekkie fan. Um, I, I, for for me, it's about the lessons that you pick up from Trek. Um, and, you know, the sense of optimism and the sense of right and trying to do the right thing and, and working together despite differences. You know, I- infinite diversity and infinite combinations. So, mm. yeah, that's a big tricky. Mm. Uh, I, 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 yeah, it's weird that I don't mention it more. Yeah. Uh, You're I, the least overt tricky ever. <laughs> like, I, I was a massive fan of the Star Trek uh, collectible card game back in the day. Like, I was running tournaments for it and, you know, buying the stuff by the box load, <laughs> literally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I love me some Trek. Um, it's it's good stuff. So, even the bad stuff. Like, the animated series. Whew! That was, that was rough for some bits. But there were some other cool bits in it. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I have, I can watch Discovery and Picard. Which one should I bother with? Um, well, to be honest, I've not seen Picard yet. Oh, um, I've I've not been able to. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's it. It possibly is out here on one of the umpteen bloody streaming services that it's, I don't it's, have. It's on Amazon Prime. So. Okay, yeah, no, I don't have that. Um, oh. And I, so I will wait till DVD release. I, I guess. Um, because the rest of my collection's on DVD, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but Discovery, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Discovery, can't go wrong there, hmm. I, I would say definitely okay. check it out, but, um, it veers yeah. into some slightly different stuff, but it's still very cool, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, there you go. So, hmm. uh, that's it for this episode of Mike Talks Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No. no, but you're right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't tend to discuss Star Trek very much. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. Keep keep my light hidden. Well, we have been talking for an hour, so um, perhaps we should call it a show. I guess point. so. Yeah. Um, if people want to get in touch, check out. Um, what are we on Twitter? <laughs> I'm so prepared. The uh, the Gary show. The the Gary show. Um, yeah. Oh no, it's at Gary Show Podcast. If you want to leave comments, yeah. uh, that um, and you can leave comments on our awesome website, uh, waitingfordoom dot com. So um, yeah, yeah. Before we sign off, I did want to thank Mike because um, you know, particularly talking with him has been a great comfort. Uh, oh, thank you during this time. So you know, I've very much enjoyed all the podcasts we do. Um, you know, sometimes I'm not super happy personally, but. Uh, Chatting with Mike is always a joy, isn't it? Yes, it is a joy chatting with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you ask anyone. Look, you ask me. I will tell you. Um, No, I I completely agree and concur. It is is great fun to be able to chat to 
one of my best mates, that being you, Paul, um, about all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff, whether we're doing um, DC events or, you know, Doom Patrol stuff or just, you know, any old sort of thing here on The Garage Show. Yeah. Hmm. Lovely. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that's our smooth sign-off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing awkward about that Seagoo at all. Um, So, yeah, we'll see you next time on The Garage Show. I'm going back to bed. No, I'm not. I have far too much stuff to do today. It's it's so cold. Shut up!